Welcome back to another episode of Zero Lift. I am your host, Ryan. I'm here with John. Bow with the bow, the bang, a dang, diggy, diggy. And Lenny. AKA the Thrill of Manila, the Long Schlong King Kong. <laughs> King Kong, are you out of Africa there, Lenny? What's, what's going on, man? Straight out Wait, of Congo? He says all that and you focus on the King Kong part? I didn't hear the first part. Long John, I don't know. I... <laughs> but I mean, you're not you're not out of the Congo, but you are out of the jungle with uh, the Brazilian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there that offensive? Is, can you say that? Is that okay? That's, I mean, <laughs> out of the jungle. That's that's uh, Guns and Roses, man. Or that's Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah, I'm just I, all right. Whatever. I mean, I, I I did come out of the concrete jungle, so I mean, there's some relevance there. Hey. Also a song. There we Shout go. NYC. Bam. NYC. All right. So uh, if we were a podcast about uh, musical references based on geography, we'd be nailing it. <laughs> However, uh, we are an audio podcast in which we talk about cars that, uh, and how they go fast and what makes them enjoyable. So guys, uh, what have you been up to this week in relation to something that touches the ground with wheels that spin? Lenny, why don't you start us off? Uh, well, I went to Cars and Coffee on Saturday morning over just down the street from me just so happens this is the first one i went to in the area since moving here uh, a few months ago took the gtr out which is uh, a first it's also the first uh car show that i i took out the gtr since importing it from japan so a lot of firsts you know oh. i had a good time there's a good spread of cars um like butter there was a particular mustard yellow uh, toyota corolla it was a 1600 it was from like, uh, I think Ooh. that was like a 1970, what, John, help me here. Oh, thereabouts, uh, mid-70s. Anyway, I think. it was, it, was yeah. all, it was all original, unrestored. It had the patina. It was really nice. I took a picture of it. I'm going to put it up on my Instagram later. Uh, if you, anybody who's watching or listening to this, it's at Lenny D Day. Uh, check that out later. But uh, one thing of note there, I did, when I was leaving... Uh, some kids were up in the corner and, and I had my windows down and they had their phones out and they were saying rev it, rev it. And I did them one better. And I did a three, three gear pull uh, on an old split window, 67 Corvette. That was uh ticket red, mind you, <laughs> but whatever. Well, it's oh, <laughs> it's out there on the internet somewhere. Just because I'm, sure I'm, I'm the elitist. If it's a split window, it's a 63. Okay. I'm sorry. I, you know, Buzzing. <laughs> But we also, got also, John, we got the elitist there. <laughs> Hold on, I got I, I did it for ask. the gram. Hmm. No, you did, and you did that. You did that. <laughs> I, I'll give you credit. I just don't want any uh, any vet guys because you know they're the worst. Like, six seven split window. I gotta ask: Did the Rolla have fender mirrors? No. Oh God, I love fender mirrors so much. Had, yeah, I had the, the regular mirrors. Okay, still cool. Yeah, it was very nice. That sounds what about you, amazing. What did, you do? what did I do? So I don't think I made this clear enough at the beginning of the last podcast, but I moved to the DC area a few months ago, but I got out of the military and they did my final shipment and my stuff didn't show up until like a week ago. And so I've been in this hell of boxes, but I, the garage has room to work. I actually did, my first bit of fabrication with my vice and some 
grinders today to a, a, a mount for my sim rig and, and a screen. Uh, so that was fun. Uh, and I got my overhead lights set up. And bro, it looks like a surgery room in there. There are no shadows anywhere. And uh, I'm ready to pop some hoods and do some work. Nice. Yeah. That sounds that sounds amazing. Oh, it's so good. Dude, lights That's... lights in a garage make a huge difference. Oh, I would I'm, imagine. I'm actually really jealous, Sean. Like, if there's one thing that I'm actually missing is, like, a, a workplace for me and my GTR. Yeah, I uh, I got spoiled in my last house, you know, epoxied the floors and had a really nice thing and bought a lift and all that. And, like, I'm never going back. That house is beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Alas, it is no more. <laughs> That's the way the how about you? Works. How about well, you, Big Rye? Well, as usual, I'm driving for a living, so I've been. Uh, my current rental car is a Chevy Malibu of 2021. It's not bad. I, I I need to lift up the hood and see if it has a turbo because it has this like I, constant whining. It's it's like a subtle sort of like almost fan noise. And we talked about this last week with turbo, so I want to see if maybe uh, it has one under it. I, I can't hate the car. It's got a really, if I'm going to look at like a consumer mindset on it, it's got a really large uh, screen, not like as large as a Tesla, but pretty large comparative to most models I've been in. Um, I, like I said, last week I was up in Sturgis. So I drove from Omaha to Sturgis. It's about eight hours. Uh, and this week I drove out to uh, BFE, Nebraska and saw some cows today. So it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Pretty Cow. much. Yeah, cows. And on the sim front, uh, I've been working on turning off. Uh, I got I got called out for having trash control on. Yes. And yeah, so you I had tra- all the assists on. Jeez, no, I, man. Hold on, hold on. Hey, my TCS <laughs> is on medium. My ABS is on. And to, to be fair, you know, to be fair, uh, <laughs> I, I do have a bit of a bum left leg. So, and I, I left foot brake uh, both in actual driving vehicles now and uh in sim rigs and so uh, the my ability to control my my brake saturation has always kind of been a little bit of a hindrance but i'm gonna do it because i'm the guy that just puts in the work i'm gonna put in the work and i'm gonna learn how to do it so i turned it all off i went around the bread bull ring was setting some pretty decent times uh i was i started in brazil doing it and was just not having fun at the uh s's at all and uh but <laughs> yeah they're tough I, dude Jeez. well and, and and you know i was watching uh some youtube on like how to do this and where your your breakpoints are there's a lot of trail breaking and it's, it's really a lot of busy footwork which uh makes sense for brazil and why senna loved it so much with the way that he raced versus anybody else uh that t- goat right there senna's a goat for me for me since we're on the topic brazil sure. it's it's turns one and two that make or break the lap. If you don't hit that, yeah. and I mean like hit it at the limit of what the stewards would say is on the track. Like yep. you're not doing it. Exactly. And I will, we'll probably have a track talk on Brazil in the upcoming episodes. Cause it is uh, in August is a phenomenally historical track, especially so, yeah. great drives in the wet at Interlagos. Cause there's been a few. Yeah, uh, they sure have. So, yeah, that's what I've been up to. And uh, for this night uh, on our episode, we have a couple of sectors to go through. Sector one, which is not as difficult as the SNS is, we're going to be talking about NAS and why your family comes to enjoy it. You did not. Sector two, (laughs) we're going to be talking about top cars that we can drive on a road. Money is not an object. That was really pointed out, but I think that's kind of just 
we're it's fans. We're all we're all agreeing to this. Money's not interjected here. And sector three, we're going to go with uh, what I wish I was driving. Of course, John is leading the charge on picking a car this uh, week, and we'll see if Lenny and I can uh, figure it out like we did last week. So let's get started, boys. Uh, John, I'm going to let uh, you take the charge here on the sector one. Let us get into it with the NAS. Tell me, can we what stop is talking? I, can we can we stop calling it NAS? NAS is a brand. Oh, thank you. Oh, really? Really? Because when we were pre-gaming this, you were on Ryan's side. No, I was not, for the record. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. All right, yeah, first of all, (laughs) shout out, shout out to Jack, friend of mine, listener. Uh, He called us out when we were doing forced induction and said you left one out. I'm going to argue that nitrous is not forced. Indu- you almost, you almost, you almost made me do it. You almost made me do it. You bastards. Uh, I'm going to argue that it's not forced induction, but we can get into that and why, uh, as I explained what it is. Cause Hey, why not? We listen to our listeners here. Um, Absolutely. And it's good to talk about. So, so b- before we continue though, yeah. John calls Kleenex. Hand towels. Or These, hand that, that is not the same thing. Okay? It is though. Actually, no. So hold up. Hold up. No, so the equivalent up. comparison you're trying to make is if you called Nas Zex, right? Because those are two nitrous companies. Yes. However, due to the way that we use terms in uh, language, Nas is related in a way that it is nitrous oxide. However, it is like calling a can I have a Kleenex, and it's not necessarily it's anything that's not necessarily Kleenex. It's the not- same. NAS way. stands for Nitrous Oxide Systems, and it's brand under the Holly Corporation. Yes, I understand. That's my story, and I'm sticking to I it. I understand that, but the language of it and what we understand, we all know what we're talking about. We're talking about a type of particular system which uses nitrous oxide, uh, the chemical compound of N2O. Correct. However, however, society as a whole and the linguistic behind it, most of us were going to call it NAS. And, okay, uh, so that now that we've gotten, we've gotten the context <laughs> in the parentheses, so that, that – so what we just discussed is the parentheses in the paragraph. We yeah, let's will go. now refer to nitrous oxide moving forward as NOS. There it is. Done. <laughs> okay. Let's go. So let's nitrous go. oxide, chemical compound N2O, that is two atoms of nitrogen for one atom of oxygen. Uh, it is <laughs> a substance that you can inject into your engine. It was made famous in the Fast and the Furious series where they referred to it as NAS, hence this last diatribe that we went on. Um, wow, what, is okay. it, what does it do? What does it do? <laughs> did we really know anything else besides, in the early odds, did we really know it as anything else because the Fast and Furious... And we don't need to events? stay on this. We don't need to keep I doing this. I feel like this. it's a big We're, part of it, though. That's like a big part of the culture for me. I mean, sure, but let's talk about what it is. I mean, we could get to that, but... Like, okay. we, Let's about talk about what, what it is. What nitrous oxide actually is, so, okay. in, what it does to, to the car. Sure. In a nutshell, nitrous oxide, chemical compound I just talked about, it is stored in a tank in a liquid form at very high pressure. I'm, I believe it's something like two or 3,000 PSI. So what you do is you can inject that in your engine. It usually has a separate injector that runs alongside but is separate from the fuel system. And that injects the nitrous oxide in your engine. And there's two ways to do that, right, John? We can there talk are, about it. There are dry and wet systems, but I think we should get to that in a second. But I will make a note to make sure I don't skip over that. Um, but what it does, why it works. So basically what it does is it's uh, you press a button, it injects nitrous oxide, and you get an instant burst of power. Typical shot sizes are 
50, 100 to 200 horsepower, but you know, there's some professional drag racing teams that run five to a thousand, 500 to a thousand shots. Um, and that's just boom power on top of your engine. It's also used in some, uh, racing circles to spool extremely large turbos. So in our last episode, we talked about how turbos don't come on to a certain RPM. Uh, you inject your engine with some nitrous and you boom, make a bunch more power and have a bunch more volumetric flow. Suddenly your turbocharger is spinning, but that's essentially what it does. That's why you care. That's why it's fun. Um, nitrous is not permanent because you can use up the bottle and then you have no more fun gas and you have to go somewhere and get it refilled. Uh, a typical bottle in a car lasts, uh, I believe about 15 passes for a 50 to a hundred shot. Is, is that like spray all the way down the run or is that like just, at uh you know at a few few thousand rpm now that like, is what? uh that's not off the line but like once you are off the line full throttle and above mean brake torque or like your torque peak then you're spraying and then you're spraying for the run typically oh, now, okay. does that also depend on the type of car you're running because if we're talking like drag and how NA they reverse turbo yeah well Yes. My big question is like, don't you also have to pre-load it? Because like the main application of this in a racing format would be drag more than anything else, right? Because if you look at the actual legality of using it in street racing or having it in your car on a regular basis, it doesn't work. Why? So, I mean, it could work. Yeah, I don't see why. Yeah. Sure, but I mean, like for street racing, it would work if you were agreed upon it and you do a little handshake and your fist bumps. What I'm saying is that like normal application of, uh, of of nitrous oxide would be used in a drag environment though You're correct zero to yeah. xyz right yeah it, it's not necessarily going to be used in circuit racing it's no. not going to be used in drift anything like that uh, no, well, I, it, it has been used in drift though it, has it if it's used yeah. if it's used in drifting and circuit racing it's typically used as a turbo spooler because your bottle right. does not have enough capacity to last That's exactly sure. the application that is used in yes and, and, yeah and i guess i guess in any of the applications that i'm aware of as as the car noob here and mostly existing through sims and cultural media the the sense that i see it being used i.e through fast and the furious or need for speed video games and in actual application or funny cars and drag you're basically pre pre loading your nitrous oxide, which gives you that cool flame coming out of the engine before well, you start. That's his purge valve, and we yeah, can talk about purging. what that is. We can talk about what that is. But. Sure. So, like a, the pur, uh, like uh, the there's always nitrous in the system, right? And so, the trapped gas is being purged through an outlet to let the liquid through Correct. to the to the solenoid, like immediately to the buffer of the solenoid. So when it's open, all you're getting is liquid instead of gas first that's getting injected into the intake or the fuel system, whichever your your NOS is set up. So I'm glad you mentioned that, Lenny, because that can take us into what I want to talk about, about. No, about how it actually works, like why okay. it actually works. Why does sure. it give you, okay, I hit a button, I get 100 horsepower. Why did that happen? So – yeah. Um, the air we breathe is about 21% oxygen. 
Which is mind-blowing. Yeah. <laughs> um, the vast majority of the rest of it is nitrogen, and then there's uh, 1% of various other gases. Okay. Um, it's like 76% uh, nitrogen. That's, uh, it's, uh, what's, um, 99 minus 21. It's, uh, public math, uh, 78, <laughs> 78% nitrogen. So Thanks, American public systems. Yep. So here, here's the thing about oxygen. Like we had, we think oxygen's great. It's nice. Cause it's like the air we breathe and it's good for us. Oxygen itself, like, like an O2 molecule is dangerous as F and anybody that's worked in industrial, <laughs> stuff or the military or something like that knows that pure oxygen is crazy and oh yeah even worse. awesome yeah <laughs> but like if you look at it wrong if you look it's at it wrong awesomely destructive it will yeah, slap you in the face absolutely it will, it will explode so a little bit of ox so that 21 percent of oxygen is the vast amount of what makes the explosion in the air fuel mixture like violent um and so a a you know a lot of like you know, I call them methyl ethyl death, like race fuels, like what the hell is in this? It's not gasoline. Um, they're oxygenated and that actually gives them extra fuel. So nitrous is an oxidizer to the air fuel mixture. So what happens is you inject this N2O, right? So N2O, if you add up the atomic weights and then divide it by the atomic weight of oxygen, instead of 21% oxygen, it is 36% oxygen. Mm hmm Okay, so you would think, ah, it's fifteen percent. Eh, that's not a lot. Wrong, because oxygen's crazy, um, and it happens because once uh, that mixture occurs and it's in the engine moving around, it start the molecules in the atoms start to bounce around and the bond breaks, right? And it's left with that extra oxygen just sitting there. Well, yeah. So there's a couple things. So the the heat of vaporization of nitrous is extremely low which is why it is stored pressurized because if you pressurize a substance um, that raises its boiling point, right? So that's why the coolant in your car doesn't boil off at 212 degrees. One, because it has antifreeze in it, but even if you ran straight water, it's under pressure. So it'll actually raise the boiling point. So you store nitrous at very high pressure to keep it from boiling off and you inject it as a liquid and so what happens is it goes into the intake tract and immediately vaporizes into a gas. Now, the process of vaporizing a liquid takes energy. And that energy sucks heat. So the energy that's needed for that sucks heat out of the intake tract. So nitrous has a side benefit of dramatically cooling the air intake charge. So that right. can also yep. help give you power because the charge is now denser and cooler. And that's why nitrous is so effective in turbo applications because one of the critical limiting factors of a turbocharger is intake air heat, um, which nitrous sucks that out. And so now, okay, we have our cool dense charge with mixed with nitri nitrous, so extra oxygen in the air fuel mixture. We have to inject extra fuel to make up for that so we can ingest more air, more fuel. That's a bigger bang. Which makes more power. Exactly. And so when it goes into the inside the cylinder, what happens is the heat from the cylinder breaks the bond between the nitrogen and the oxygen. And so now that very volatile, very dangerous, very crazy oxygen is free to go kablammy with all the extra fuel that we injected. So, and, Ryan, you, yeah, you know, that animation <clears throat> in Fast and Furious, the first one. Yes. Dom. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, that so first street race. 
I get it. No, the, the, the OG street rest, it all got us hooked to, to, to Fast and the Furious. And that's the where it goes through the pipes and all that jazz. Although Monica! Definitely, no! Definitely over with dramatic. <laughs> but so, like, so here's my thing is that, like, for me, it, it's if you were to apply this to, like, the human body, right? You are essentially <clears throat> giving yourself the ability to run faster. A, a 2x boost. Right. You're basically, exactly. You're getting a 2x boost in the video game of running faster because, like, you're ingesting more oxygen. And so instead of getting a side stitch and be like, Oh God, I can't run. You're able to keep going because you're breathing in this extra oxygen the whole time. Yeah. Right. And uh, that's also cooling your body. And we all know that when you run fast or run a mile as military guys, we all know this, uh, we got to set our mile times Uh, being cooled off afterwards feels real good. So like you're basically getting an additional straight up, no side stitch and getting cooled off. That sounds like a phenomenal time to me and would definitely give me faster times. Yeah. And and also what uh, something that John had said, what drag racers do is sometimes they have like something that's called a, a thousand shot. And so what that really means is so like there's things 50, 100, 200, 500, 1000, whatever it might be. And what that really signifies is the increase in horsepower. So 50 shot right. is 50 horsepower. Exactly. 100 shot is 100 horsepower and so, so on and so forth. But what that really is, is just uh, how big the nozzle is at the end of, of the uh, solenoid that's feeding the nitrous oxide into the system. Very good. Right. And so what's really cool, too, is about is the fact that you have, especially during the aughts in the early, in the early uh, 2010s, we had this multi-stage thing. But as we've progressed into the 2020s, uh, we've really worked on computer electronics and how that combines it. So before you'd have a multi-stage program and now we're essentially going back to a single stage, but using computer electronics to control the amount of nitrous oxide. Is that correct? Like it's essentially using it to make sure you're not overloading the system. And a big thing that I read is that like, cause I was like, why can't we just permanently run NOS all of the time through our system? And it's like, what does that do to the components of your engine? Well, oh yeah, it definitely probably shortens the life somewhat, but I'm it, it so nitrous in and of itself doesn't necessarily do anything bad, but bigger or, explosions. Right, so like it would have the same effect, you know, if we're talking hypothetically, if we just ran an engine on a nitrous mixture, hypothetically speaking, it would have the same effect as any modification that increased the horsepower of an engine 50 right. or a hundred horsepower or whatever. Um, so the thing that can happen with nitrous is if you do big shots and you don't do staging or a progressive controller, like you were talking about, um, is that you have driveline shock, right? So like if you have a, <laughs> if you have a 300 horsepower engine, you drop a 200 horsepower shot, you're damn near doubling the power of the engine and you're doing it. <laughs> You're doing it instantly. Like it's making 300 right. and then bah. Um, and that shock load can, can break things. So it's like the difference <laughs> between, it's the difference between if you're just like, you put your fist against something and you push on it and then you just yeah. push on it and you eventually like put a lot of pressure in it. It might not break, but then if you snap it, like you punch it, um, that can act, that shock load can actually break it. And so that's an issue with your drive line. Um, some of this, when you talked about control strategies and stuff, yeah. Nowadays, you know, the whole gone in sixty seconds, uh, the little God, button that says "Ladybug Fly really Away Home," and yeah, nobody's pretty much running a button anymore. Right. 
Um, nowadays, really? I, I would yeah. want. I would want to. Is it a switch? Yeah, pretty much. What happens, dude, is is if you're if you're running like a legit, like anybody that's running like a legit modded car has their nitro system plumbed through their standalone computer, and you have an arming switch, and so you have an arming switch, and so when you turn it on, that means the system is live and it will activate when parameters are set. Okay. And then you go into your ECU and you set what the parameters are. Nitrous only activates above 4,000 RPM and with a TPS, a throttle position sensor, above 98%. That basically means when you're full throttle over 4,000 RPMs, nitrous is active. And if you're not full throttle and you're below that RPM, just putting around in traffic, it's not, even if it's armed. All right, two things. Uh, for the non-military, <laughs> what's acronym out here? What's ECU stand for, bud? Engine computer unit or computational unit. Basically, the brand of the of your uh, car. engine control unit. Yeah, engine. Uh, yeah, I'm a di- I'm an idiot. It is an engine control. Uh, we unit. all know this. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> that was that was so, a brain fart. It is an engine control unit. I, w- I wanted right. to give you the option. Nope. Yourself, I'm gonna right. take a drink. I messed right. that one up. Engine control unit. <laughs> So the ECU is basically controlling when and where this is time. And this gets back to why we actually got on this topic uh, to the shout out to John, finding one of our fans and asking, hey, why didn't you guys talk about NOS? And to me, that's what I'm hearing is turbo clicks on at certain parameters and so does NOS in the modern systems. It, yeah, it can. And so that, that, that's, that's what I'm hearing, right? Besides the fact that we're all our family and we definitely need to click our switches if we're back in the odds, all right? Uh, but like we're not anymore, and this is modern times. And if you're using nitrous oxide, and you don't have to call an oxide of all one two, John, uh, it sounds like it's a controlled system as long as you have your engine up to the physical parameters to handle the extra explosion and kinetic energy caused from a higher oxygen load. You're good to go, and you get well, extra horsepower. You can. I want to touch on one thing because we're at risk of skipping it. We talked about you, somebody said wet versus dry. So, we all did, John. Yeah. So the big, the thing with that is that you have to inject extra fuel. So you talk about there's the physical parameters of the engine that you just gl- touched on, sure. but then there's also the fuel. So if you just inject inject nitrous with no additional fuel, you will burn a hole in your piston from running lean. That means lean means yeah. not enough gas that causes combustion temperatures to get very hot. So wet versus dry is whether you use the engine's factory fuel injectors and send a signal to them to inject more fuel. That's a uh, that is a dry system, which means you're not running additional fuel lines. And if you run a wet system, that means you actually run additional fuel injectors um, that injects fuel with the uh, with the nitrous. Okay, so I have a quick question. Yeah, because this is this bothers me from the quick reads that I have done. Dry says they're not typically using a carbureted application. Aren't all cars carbureted? No. Okay. No cars today are carbureted unless they're old. Help me out here. What the hell is carbureted? So a carburetor is a mechanical component that before there were computers and fuel injection, it's basically basically a fuel basin with a hole in it, and it has a little – a little uh, like Venturi's that yep. air rushes by and the velocity of the air creates uh, a low uh, pressure system, creates a vacuum that sucks fuel in and you have to size. Oh. Yeah. And you have to change the jets. The jets are essentially the size of the orifice. And so that, a weed whacker has a carburetor. 
That's a little uh, yeah, little, probably a little, a yeah. little plastic duvet bobber you plush press yep. food into. Okay, yep. okay, cool. Yep. So, so a lot of old muscle cars uh, are running carburetors. Um, you know, a lot of times when you see old like Japanese and European cars, and they have they'll have like like three or four carburetors, and they look really neat, um, but completely mechanical, no electronics, no computers. No, nothing. It's just air rushing by, sure. creating a vacuum, pulling fuel out. So basically, modern nitrous oxide systems are going to be wet. They're going to use a single nozzle, and they're going to use a computer uh, ECU. John, what does that stand for? Uh, <laughs> engine control unit. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Uh, so, And they're going to use an ECU system to basically modulate how much nitrous oxide is injected in the system to well, maximize so, horsepower. Is that well, So a, mo a modern system would probably be dry because you'd probably run injectors that are enough, that are big enough to handle the overall power output of the engine. And so when you send the signal, the injectors simply say, all right, we're stepping up to the game. Whereas the older ones would run a wet and it'd have its own fuel system because you can't increase flow of air through the carburetor to trick it okay. into injecting more fuel. Does that make so, sense? I think so. So if we're talking family era wet is the way to go if we're talking modern era with ecu and controlling this through what is that called the uh new electronic component system for controlling nos well you just call it a nitrous controller okay nitrous controller yeah so or if, you do it with if you have a if you have a standalone ecu like like a like one of these big companies like haltech or uh aem stuff like that they they can control nitrous natively like they have their own control strategies and everything. You don't even need to run a box. Wow. Okay. So that is very similar then to a turbo. It's just, instead of using wind, you're using a actual additional propellant essentially. Well, nothing is, is making, is doing mechanical work, right? You are essentially changing the composition of the air fuel mixture. It's all chemical. There's no okay. component yeah, that yeah. is physically doing work. So, so in the, in the, in the NAS side, you're using, chemical composition to change how yep. much power is happening in these uh suck blow suck squeeze bang, bang blow thanks buddy appreciate you uh versus whereas turbo is essentially supplying more wind power yeah it's a, it's it's physically forcing air into the engine which is why right. in my opinion nitrous is not forced induction but that's my opinion and it's all right something that's very up to debate lenny any final thoughts on nitrous before i move on my fam let the family know uh, you know, I never really considered nitrous oxide as an application that I would ever use because I always thought it was, you know, for roll racers out in Dallas. Shout out, Nate. <laughs> Did you just say Dallas? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, or, you know, the, the, you know, the real dragsters. Uh, but after doing some, you know, really light research, I think I'm going to dive down to the rabbit hole a little bit and maybe, you know, use it as like a, a zero, you know, like a, a, idle you know off the line to 3000 little booster for my turbo if i ever decide to go a little bigger with the twins that are you know i would need it for a considerable lag keep yeah, okay. us posted this is, my real question. this is my real question as, as you boys that have real race cars because obviously i don't with my rentals would you ever apply nitrous in a real life situation to your gtrs I mean, like, like I just said, if I ever, like, for example, if I ever went with a top-mounted setup of twin turbochargers, which would be, you know, considerably bigger in size, we're okay. talking like a, a thousand horsepower, uh, there would be some lag in that power band of, you know, off the line, 2,000, 
probably up until, you know, 34, 35, 100 RPM. Uh, and so I think maybe, you know, an ECU controlled nitro system could, could help in that, you know, off the line launch. You know what I mean? Personally, for me, no. Um, not on the GTR for sure. Okay. I make 520 at the wheels and honestly, it, you know, the most I would ever want to make in that car is probably about 600. So I don't really need to do much more. Um, for, there are car, there are cars, the RB cars that I might consider it on. <laughs> are you um, yeah. <laughs> if I had like a, maybe something that was a little bit older, like a classic and I didn't want to really like turn it up too hard and it wasn't super rare. Right. But right. if like, you know, if I had like an old, like a, 200 ish to maybe 300 ish horsepower car and i just wanted like a little bit more fun every now and then i might toss a little hundred shot on it but that's you know that it doesn't appeal to me and what i do gotcha all right so it's so from my understanding nitrous oxide is a very unique application and is phenomenal for the situation of breaking the chemical compounds down in a car to increase your horsepower. But just True. get out the railway, boys. Get out the railway. Work those engines. Figure out a way. <laughs> work those aero. Let's all fight physics because that's all about cutting the delta. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, nice. I'm never, I'm never going to stuff a thousand horsepower engine in the GTR. So, yeah. <laughs> so, well, let's talk about let's talk about cars that have high horsepower. Cars that are that fast. we can never afford. That we can never afford. Never. Money is not an option. Hey, most. <laughs> well, of I mean, no, we can't actually, afford yet. Let's well, say most, yet. I mean, money is not know. an object here. But, but for me, like some of these are probably affordable because that's just the way my dad mindset works. Uh, so let's talk about in sector two now coming in, nice and swifty after that uh, family section in sector one. What are the top coming up three with cars? These cars. Ch- chicane always chicanes. You gotta you gotta hit your breaking points here, boys. Uh, top three cars <laughs> that we can drive on the road. Money is no object. Dream who's cars. Starting, who's starting to off? Dream cars. John? No, nah, I think Lenny should take it. I, right, I've Lenny, talked too much. No, Lenny, oh, that's true. You did talk a whole lot there in the NAS sector. So, Lenny, why don't you take us off? John, did you explain him with a Z? What is going on here? <laughs> Man, they can't see that. <laughs> that's fine. They've seen it now because I'm talking about it. Lenny, what are your top three cars? Let's go, buddy. Uh, For one, for, is got to be the Porsche Carrera GT. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Those I noises. Don't. Those Definitely noises. Is that a boxer engine? No. <laughs> no. It's got a V. I don't know. Don't laugh at me. I don't know. Oh, man. I almost misspoke there. Hoo-wee. No, it's got a V10 engine uh, midship. So it's mid, mid, uh, mid-engine car, rear-wheel drive. Oh, my gosh. It's so nice. It's just a form of art, this car. I like the back end on it. It looks really pretty. Yeah, mm-hmm. the exhaust coming out the top was a really the top nice end. Touch. Yep, yeah. and I, it was probably I think it was one of the first kind of supercars, hypercars to kind of do that styling, design language, uh, which, which was which was fo- followed up by McLaren. I think McLaren does the most nowadays. Well, now all the Halo cars they they take a lot of styling notes from the Carrera GT. It, right? it was the first one that kind of you know like the. The you know the the Holy Trinity like the P one the LaFerrari the LaFerrari and the um like the nine eighteen was it yeah yeah the nine eighteen yeah yeah like they all kind of look like a Carrera GT <laughs> yeah in my opinion um there there are definitely some styling cues 
Yeah. Uh, that's to be said about it. Yeah, so that's, that's kind of like the hipster hyper god car. Oh, was, that's not it, good. It was cool oh, before. Wow. It, it was cool before it was cool because now they all do that. Well, so uh, I will say I like the Carrera GT. I, I've been in love with the, the Carrera GT since its release, uh, mainly because <laughs> I, dude, that's such a hipster. I knew about the Carrera GT before. It was I wasn't even fuck, trying to talk. Okay, I'm screwed. <laughs> I, I, even... I, I totally fell into that. I didn't realize. John set up a trap card and you fell right man, into it. I, Come man. on, man. Well, Pro I'm, level expert. So Jeez, at the time, uh, <laughs> like uh, I was in Manhattan, I hear, I, I have a personal connection to this because I, I okay. at the release of the car, like I so so happened to be in Manhattan and I saw it in Fifth Avenue outside of freaking Trump Palace. Uh, it was silver. It was so nice. It was brand new. Just sitting there, had the wing up, uh, and like. Uh, how old, I, how old was I? I was like a, I was an early teenager. I was like, yeah, so you had your hat teams. on backwards and your Tims on, and you were like, someday. Hey, I had a Mets cap. I had a Mets cap on. Probably <laughs> it was fall. I have no idea what I was doing by myself on Fifth Avenue. That sounds dangerous. I don't know. I just assumed New York City is dangerous. I'm a Nebraska boy. You know, uh, but I mean, I, like, I I just I I remember sitting standing there just for like maybe 10 15 minutes just looking over this and just like it, it i forget exactly what it was probably like a, a little uh show display it had to be at that time but i can't really remember that specific but it, just from there i saw everything it was so nice and i haven't seen yeah. a car like that uh since then i mean i've seen senna's i've seen p1s up close i've seen a lot ferraris i've seen like all the hyper cars uh but still the Carrera gt it's my heart it's What's got number a two really, really clean look. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I'm it is super focusing clean. on one car here. Uh, the next one, kind of, um, kind of cliche, but I'm going with it anyway. The McLaren F1, but bro, but in the long tail trim. Ugh. bro. Just it's gotta I mean, be, right. I, I, that is. This is clearly one of John's cars. This is a, uh, yeah. Spoiler, it's a head, boys. It is. No, and it girls, is. Girls, this is a spoiler alert for John. I mean, what? <sighs> John, is this also in your top three? It is in my top three. I guess, yeah, we, we could talk about it at the same time then just to. Well, John, double, where did this sit, though? John, where does this for you? Because for, for, for Lenny, it's number two. John, where does this sit for you? It's number two how, with a asterisk oh i don't need no asterisks no it's an asterisk because like honestly man i I just don't think anything messes with this car like it's it's there were so many things about it that were so ahead of its time it was the fastest car in the world for a long time and the car that dethroned it was the bugatti veron or veyron however you want to pronounce it which is (laughs) uh a stupid overweight piece of crap that's ugly um Mm -hmm. Uh, and maybe the thousand horsepower, the thousand two hundred horsepower is beautiful. No way, no um, way. No. And like, Jeez, and like, all right. But it's so <laughs> pure, dude. It's so pure. It's just a big, naturally aspirated V twelve, yeah. rear wheel drive. Like, there, there's, there's nothing to it. There's, there's no weird systems. It's, it's like, it's like if you took a basic, like a kit car, and then just turned everything up to eleven, because there's there's i think i think it's got i think they had abs and that's it yeah so like and where the carrera it. gt ha- has just a little bit of of uh assists just okay. enough 
just enough to like for you to kill yourself as uh Paul Walker and his friends uh tragically met in a GT. Sam. Yeah, rest peace. And it's very notorious for, for stepping out of line very quickly, the Crow GT. The F1, I imagine, is even more rambunctious, let alone, you know, the long tail or well, uh, the LM or high downforce kit uh, version, if, if those well, but are, the, are the crazy thing, knowledge. the F1 did not have a reputation as a bad boy. It's actually, like, pretty easy to drive from all the reviews I've read. Really? Well, do you, do you guys think that the, uh, the, like, more or less monocoque seating and, like, putting it in the middle makes a difference. Um, because I don't think like, it makes. A, I think that's a little bit of a gimmick, but it's amazing in the sense that, like, you know, for one, like every review you read, like the car when you look at it in pictures, it looks massive. If you ever oh, seen yeah. one in person, they're tiny. They're interesting. Absolutely tiny. Um, like a like a Mazda type of tiny. Like I'm six one, I can't fit in it type of tiny. No, like or? like a like a like any like you know. Ferrari kind of, you know what I mean? Like it, it just looks like it'd be huge, but it's actually very low. It's not large. And, and the fact that they fit three seats into a car that's essentially normal size, the seats are comfortably sized. Um, it's just very avant-garde and like outside the box thinking. Uh, yeah. I, I think I, I got to agree with John here. Uh, I don't, don't necessarily think the center seating was for driver position or because it was just optimal though it might be because i mean let's be on the f1 cars there's center seating as well so i mean i guess that's maybe just a, a design and language connection to f1 the name and all that but i i think the center seating was for the size really just to be as small and low to the ground or for the monocoque to to be as strong and as rigid though light as it is like yeah. it, it was more of a engineering design rather than a driver kind of thing gotcha if you get, if you get that no i mean it totally makes sense i mean for me it's like uh the center seating could be kind of awkward and it's more of like let's follow f1 and sit in that position uh and we talked about that a couple of episodes back where the gtrs you guys drive are more or less uh not americanized and so <laughs> Uh, yeah. I mean, that's the way to put it. Like, there's only, you know, honestly, the metric system in America, we need to get on it. But, like, the way we drive on, the, on sitting on the left is normalcy comparative to the Brits. Yeah. No disrespect, Mr. Clarkson, but uh, we have a right. So, <laughs> so I still have one more car here. Yeah, Third, you do. Get it. Not, got not last. It's the Aston Martin Vulcan. We did make last time. It's number three. So. <laughs> But carry on. What? Tell me, why is this number three and not number one or two? Uh, well, I mean, I didn't really think of these cars in any particular order. But I mean, okay. if I were to to rank the the three cars, it would be the Carrera GT, the F1, and then the Vulcan. Yes, but the reason why the Vulcan <laughs> is number three. So the order you're uh, talking about it. Come on, come on. Yes. <laughs> so, so, I mean, compared to the other two, uh, the Vulcan's in a class of its own. I would think just because of its modern modernality. Uh, it's very enclosed cockpit F1 style, but it's also got this super long kind of wheelbase looking saloon. It, it, it's got a huge wing. It's just freaking cool, man. I just love it. It's got center exit exhaust, LED taillights. It's just, it's just all the modern 
uh, sort of aesthetic applied to an Aston Martin, which I think is just like their design language throughout the years has just been great. And I love it. And it's got a V12 engine and it sounds fucking phenomenal. And the transmission is nice. And from who's driven it, like it's pretty composed if you don't take it balls to the wall. Yeah, and it makes a ridiculous amount of downforce. Mm-hmm. I, I got to admit, the Vulcan came out at a time because car manufacturers are finding that it is easier to sell a hundred million dollar cars than it is to sell a thousand hundred thousand dollar cars. And yep. we could talk about wealth disparity and blah, 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 blah. But what's happening is basically like hyper rich people, a car comes out and they're like, yeah, I'll buy it. And so like Aston Martin came out with this and the one seven, seven, and the Valkyrie, and then they're coming out with another one, the Valhalla and all that. And like, they, they've kind of been lost to me. They just gone over my head because it's just like, Oh look, another, like, I don't know, million dollar car that I will never touch. Um, not to take anything away from it, but I just, it kind of flew completely under the radar for me. Here's the thing that Aston Martin is doing a little bit different than I would say what Lamborghini just did to the conch is re is like just, <sighs> Obviously, reskinning the same chassis. True. You know I mean? True. The uh, the Vulcan to the Valkyrie to the Valhalla are three completely different chassis. Very true. Whereas, when was the last time a new chassis came out of a Lambo? It's just been reskin Aventadors for the past ten years. Yeah, yeah, it's literally an Aventador. It's literally it's five point out. Yep. Yes. True words. And that's where I'm at with Lambo. Shout out to Lambo. Yeah, yeah. What's up with that Countach, though? Make us a new car. Why doesn't it have the original wheels? Anyway, other yeah. topic. So, those are my top three. John? I, I, You know, I really enjoy, first off, though, that we're using the term reskin when applying to uh, automotive <laughs> stuff because that's like a gaming term. So, I don't know what the actual automotive term is. Nerd! Hey, oh, yeah. I, 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 been, I, guess it, I, I guess it's the same application. Okay, first off, I, I've been a nerd since like D and D third edition, and I've also played first and second. So like, I was a nerd before it was cool. You know, I got bullied for that shit. Hipster. Uh, well, I was also technically a hipster before hipster was a hipster, and then like that was a thing. And the indie music is good, but anyways, I digress. We're not a music or a uh, colloquially term <laughs> of lexicon. It's my turn. Say. John, you know, uh, you know, hold up, John, because like, honestly, I, I prefer I prefer you close this out here with right, actually having fair. A, send it because I I will because here's the thing I don't necessarily you know I, I'm stuck between Lenny here who's who's got a beautiful mastery of great choice cars and John who's probably also have a great choice I myself if you look, I'm the everman I, for me you guys talk about these Vulcans and these Porsches and and all of that and the McLaren F1s, I'm never going to own that. And to me, that doesn't make it a cool car. Okay. Okay. They look cool. Okay. And they're amazing. But like, I don't necessarily like, to me, that's like neat. I see you. I will never drive that. I I see you. I will never test drive it. I'm over here. I'm over here putting 10,000 miles on a Chevy Malibu. What does a common man drive? And for me, I really enjoy 
A, what changed the auto industry for all of us? Like what affects our daily drivers? And B, what can I afford with the economic strain on modern reality? Right. I get it. Most of fan base, if you are out there driving Austin Mountain Vulcans and McLaren F1s, awesome. Shout out at me and say you're wrong. Cool. But most of us are probably not driving these vehicles. And for me, what's cool is uh, honestly, I, I grew up. Audi has always been a company for me that is super cool. That is a, a, a in that price point that is barely reachable, but if I work my ass off, I'm going to get it. And the Group B Audi and the Quattro and that story and how it came from a military application to a real-life application to the way that Audi snuck in getting fucking four-wheel drive into Group be in rallying is hilarious to me, which if you don't, if you're not aware, basically at the very end of the meeting, when everybody's tired and we've all been there, especially with these zoom meetings, you're like, we just stop asking questions. I just want to go back to like doing my job. Audi basically came in and stuck in and said, Hey, there's this rule book in the FIA rule, but says we can't use four wheel drive cars. Is it cool if we do? And the second round of the end of the meeting, they're like, yeah, whatever. And boom, there we go. <laughs> yeah, sure, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. We've all been in those meetings. We were just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, seriously. At that point, you don't care. You're just agreeing to anything. Just get yeah, out whatever. of the meeting at that point. Yeah, Please okay. stop talking. Just, just be done. And uh, so, like, that's phenomenal to me. And so, like, I grew up always enjoying Audis to a certain degree uh, as, a, as a sporty car that is super cool. They've got that four-wheel drive. And so, you know, we can talk about the Group B. I don't particularly have an Audi of choice, but for me, uh, you know, Audi TTs are really cool. Well, it sounds, it sounds to me like you're picking the the original Quattro or the Ur Quattro if you're a German nerd. Yes. I mean, honestly, yeah. And, and, and as I've done my research, that is a game-changing car. It won championships. It is... It is by no means perishable by a modern human, but the technology that was developed there affects all of us every day, right? All right. You sold me. What's next? That's respectable. Number two. I'm going to go with, and due to the fact that I rock a Honda Civic in my daily living, or I'm not a Honda Civic. I rock a Honda Odyssey minivan, but I love Hondas. And the Honda Civic to me, in American culture at least, really had a bang. Okay. Uh, It had like four. Bangs it over had time, lots of bangs. <laughs> and that's no, for real, like, like, right? It, and, that, and, yeah, it was a pun too. I didn't even mean it as one, but it, it was, was a pun. Yeah. It was. It, it's a trope. It is a a culture of it was a vehicle quadruple entendre. John, congratulations! I'll be here all week. <laughs> you talk about your guys' GTRs, and those are like fucking nerdtastic. I'm gonna geek out about this sick vehicle. It is attainable now, especially after the regulations. However, the Honda Civic and the mod culture on it, but also the application of what a hatchback does. Like I look at a current, you can finally get a legitimate Type R in America. It is a Honda Civic. And as a dad, I can sit in a bucket seat in the front, put my daughter in the back in a car seat, and I can take her to school going the speed limit. And then I could go ahead and say, all right, I'm going to go hit the circuit in the same vehicle. That's super awesome to me. So, like the 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 versatility of the Honda Civic is phenomenal. Over the years, how much has affected car culture, uh, at least especially in America? 
Uh, I really thoroughly enjoy the Honda Civic. Guys, you got any extra? Additive? Hold on. So we we are running on time. So I'm going to push okay. this, but I'm going to give you homework on that. Okay. One. For next episode, you got to pick your favorite generation of Civic. All right, can do. Mm. Okay. Let's let's hear the third one. Okay, so number three, if I'm going to go with anything, I would probably say, oh man, this is where I, I, I get it gets tricky for me because I want to kind of go with those hypercars. Uh, and I don't want to go back to the German roots. And so it's really hard. I almost want to go to America with this and so shoot the J man. Shoot, All right. Shoot it. All right. I want to go with, with, with Shelby and the Mustang. Uh, which nice. Okay. So which, wait, which, which Shelby is, Mustang? Is there a particular? Yeah. So particular one? Yeah, the, the Ford versus must the Ford versus Ferrari Mustang. So the GT350. Thank you. Yes. And there's there's a quick there's a couple of reasons for this. It's because one, I watched that movie and I literally was crying because it like bromanced me up hardcore. Uh it reminded me of hanging with the bros. It's a great it movie. Is, it is a phenomenal Very, movie. Yeah. And and we will going Very forward, well by directed. the way, fans, just so you know, we will be talking about how cars one and three are the best automotive movies ever. <laughs> And also other automotive movies. Um, I just watched that was in, in the intro. I talked. I, I forgot to mention I watched Rush. And it was really good, but uh, Cars really good was still great. Anyways, I digress. So for me, it is um, Ford has always been like we talked about in our uh, first episode with uh, Mercedes and how the OG car company Ford mass and is very American. We we maximized on the potential of the creation of a vehicle how do we get to the masses how do we market it but with shelby and gt it was like let's push this car to the limit let's you know screw the bureaucracy screw the paperwork let's make this beautiful machine and make it go as fast as we can and that just to me is the american spirit like just ditch all the paperwork screw all these pencil pushers i don't want to have to go through 50 people to get to the guy that i actually need to talk to let's just make a car that does a thing wait so wait car did so wait, so are you picking the Shelby Mustang or the Shelby GT? I don't know. Is there? Well, it's not a Shelby GT. It's a Ford GT, but Shelby was involved in making it. Well, so Great. Shelby in general was was a is is a beautiful American because of the way that he his his I upbringing. Think he's talking about the Ford GT here. Yeah, but I think, I I think you're talking about the race car, right? Yes. And so, yeah. gonna, so yes. that's the, the GT40 is actually the name right. of that the car you seek. And the but but then there's the actual like post-production you can afford this type of vehicle as well well that's not but that's not related to the gt40 Fair. at all okay the gt40 so, has always been a hypercar so let's oh, talk yes. so okay Super i'll car. take i will take my number three as the g4 the gt40 then so i had two affordable right. cars and then we'll take the third as a hypercar we can't afford this type of stuff but again, which, it's, which i would love to freaking own as well that would be a sweet car I, I just love to test drive it around a circuit man and that's that's a big thing for me is that like it would be fun to own. It'd probably be a lot of work, but like, it's it's in a beautiful American innovation because it's that that time point between maximizing the potential of marketing of Ford. They were collapsing. They fought Ferrari and the Italian mob and that racing, and America succeeded. And it was it was yep. also sad and tragic because the guy that actually put the work in and and did everything, a British racer, uh, name anybody. Uh, um, 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 Miles, 
Ken Miles. Miles. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I was saying Miles. I want to say Miles Davis. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Phenomenal jazz musician. That's right. Uh, That's yeah, right. Anyways, we've talked about this already. But like, he put the work in, and he had to sacrifice so that there was a photo finish. And that 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 got me, man. And so that that car is mm. just phenomenal. And then him actually trying to push the limits and then dying on the track. Like, let's all just do that. Let's all push our limits. And that's that's what makes a car for me. There's a story behind it, the work, American, British versus the Italian racing, all of it. There it is. I know. Well, yeah, probably right. my favorite story in motorsports ever. So there you go. And and John, yeah. you cue me on it. You said watch this movie, and I did. And I was like, man, thank you, Ken. Ten miles definitely emulated the mentality of zero lift for sure. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So Johnny boy, sorry for my downtrodden experience there, but carry on. No, I I will. I will make this. We we already know what was number two. What's number one? Number three. McLaren F one's out. I will say that the new Ford GT was a close number three, but didn't quite make it. Um, Number one for me, as you all know, if you listen to the last episode. The Ferrari F40, the god no emperor of cars. Uh, I, believe, I still don't know why. Well, uh, it's in my like a lot of people think it's ugly. I think it's one of the most beautiful cars ever made. Um, it is also like the McLaren F1, one of those cars that in pictures looks huge. And Lenny, I know you've seen a few of them with me out in the mountains of Japan. That thing looks like a, a go kart. Yeah, it's it is absurdly small. I mean, it has it has a presence about it, like it, it has, definitely, it definitely it, very so, aggressive. But so it yeah, is one of the big. most it is one of the most uncompromising track specials ever made. So, four hundred and seventy eight horsepower, built the same year I was born. Coincidence? I think not. Um, <laughs> it uh, had essentially no interior amenities, nothing. Um, it didn't even have proper door handles. It had fabric pull cords that would pop the door open. Um, the paint, the body is now of, fashion, by the way, which I yeah, love. Yeah, which is now a thing. Uh, the paint was so thin that you could see the carbon fiber weave of the material the body was made of through the paint because it was so also thin to save now. weight. Also fashionable um, to save weight. And it was raw. It had nothing. It had no driver assistance there was no mechanical or hydraulic assistance abs that everything was manual everything was heavy no sound deadening i don't think there was any carpets um it was just one of the most uncompromising like no you're not going to show up to your date looking nice you're going to be sweaty and tired and but that's not what this car is about this car is about driving and I don't think any production automobile has been as hardcore ever. So it's a very yeah. niche vehicle. Super niche. But, I would uh, agree. And, I and by contrast, you know, you all talk about the F50. The F50 had a lot more compromises and concessions to comfort and drivability. And the F40 was like, F your comfort, F your drivability. This is a race car. And it was just as fast. <laughs> Quiet, you. Uh, <laughs> so what I'm hearing is the F50 is better than the F40. Wrong. Uh, I, anyway, no, I, I, I mean, no, I, like, I, like I said in the in the last episode, like that's that's a matter of opinion and it's up for debate, and I don't think we could really get to there because I mean, yes, what everything that John said is true, and what I just said is that it was faster or just as fast. 
uh, the F four F fifty to the F. So what I I'm mean. hearing is fans is that on a future, it depends. Uh, it track, depends on what your flavor is. On the future track, we're going to talk about the F forty versus the F fifty. That's that's coming forward, fans. We'll, we'll do that. Right we'll we'll, I mean, we'll we'll stop yeah. talking about Ferrari for a few episodes. We might Ferrari, back, probably yeah. not. We have an Italian. We have an Italian guy in the. Uh, in the booth here so we're probably never going to stop talking about ferrari i i just i will say if you haven't figured this out about me function is sexy to me so like just to me the ferrari f40 is nothing but function and it just so happens to look amazing i mean you've um, owned how many italian yeah. motorcycles too john i mean come on let's, let's uh, uh, exactly so yeah <laughs> He doesn't so, have to say a number, folks. All he has to do is grunt. So, uh, so I'm, I'm curious, John. What, what's what's the third one? All right. So the third one, we're going to skip over the F1 because we're running out of time. We already talked about it. Well, we've already talked about it. Yeah. Uh, the third one is – I don't even think I want to pick a specific model. Literally anything made by Koenigsegg. And the reason is I just – I the amount of – phenomenal engineering there's some videos inside the koenigsegg factory and like everything's made by hand and crap the amount of engineering that goes into the door hinge of oh, a koenigsegg, it's so beautiful it's like design perfection it is ab every single aspect of that car is absolute perfection and unlike cars like bugattis or paganis i think they i mean obviously it's a million dollar hypercar but they do it in a way that to me feels not pretentious and it's like, it's not extra. It's just like, here's the car. It has an interior. It has these systems. It has this engine and like, that's it. And I just feel like when I look at stuff like Pagani's and, you know, a lot of these other like hyper, super way over the top cars, there's all this other crap that I don't care about. What I don't want diamond bezels in the dash. That looks stupid. Um, I don't need four turbochargers and all this weight. No, I got to lock the hubs. Blah, 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 blah. No, Connex is just a, it, it's a car that I would drive just made into a million dollar car with so, all this engineering so, behind so, it. So, okay, John. So, what I'm hearing basically is the F40 is very raw and Koenigsegg is a modern version of that rawness where it's like, I don't need all the cold bezels. I just need the straight up go fast car. Yeah, but, it, but it's also just everything is executed so well everything is engineered what, so uh, well what country are they? are they are they swiss swedish yeah Swede. yeah. yeah yeah they they are swedes and and if you you know the story of koenigsegg i won't get into it now because we're running out of time the story of koenigsegg is so cool yeah. um it, you know yeah that's i've I've only seen one in person, and I think John, you were with us that day. Yes, we had Tokyo. coffee with we had coffee with yeah, that guy. we had coffee with him. Yeah, Mister T. Yeah, uh, that he had a white CCX. Uh, I think it was a CCR. Was it a CCR? Uh, CCR, CCX, CCR. Uh, the interior, while it was very premium, luxurious, like Alcantara and leather. Yep, white and tan leather it was like very good spec. Uh, you would say uh, it didn't feel over the top, right? It was very it was understated. Simple. It was very understated, simple. premium luxury. Hundred percent, and and that's what I like about it is it's 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 the only like million dollar like oh my god like fu money car that actually excites me just because it's I don't know. There's just a certain amount of restraint, except when you're talking about like performance specifications because they're unbelievable but uh yeah 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 
yeah, so that, that, that does it for me. That's what does it. Simplicity. Simplicity, Simplicity. go fast. So talking about simplicity, your pick for this week is simple because so, sometimes we're on, sometimes we're off. So let's talk about sector three. Wish I was driving. What I wish I was driving. So look, in this segment, if you haven't listened to us before, it's a game of 20 questions. They get 19 questions, and then the last question is a guess to determine what car I have picked beforehand. Uh, I'm feeling a little generous, so I'll give you a little some pre-clues. One, um, no need to guess the generation of this car. Two, this would kind of be a hard-mode car, but I don't think it is because... Lenny, I think there's a very high probability that you can get this car, and Ryan, you have no chance. So, uh... <laughs> fantastic. As per usual, this is how it works. So, with that, let's let the questioning begin. Okay, yeah, let's question- go. Questioning begins. So, here's the deal. So, let's talk about the fact: is this a European car? Euro car? No, not a European. Is this American? American? No. Is this an Asian car? Asian, yes. All right. After three questions, I mean, that's, folks, this is how we brought it down. We started by the region. Uh, <laughs> so it's a good way to go. Is this, well, uh, do, uh, there's, a, there's not that many Asian vehicles. Uh, mostly it's Japanese centric, right? Am I wrong there, Lenny? Uh, well, I mean, it's Korean. But I mean, but yeah, but like, there's like, unless John's like going India or like I'm, way I'm, off market. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I'd be that cruel. No, but I mean, like, India's starting to pump it up quite a bit, actually. And like, honestly, Harley Davidson's manufacturing in India, so we would. <laughs> <laughs> Zing, zinger! Uh, all right, let's get let's fourth question. Where y'all at? Let's go. Let's go. Uh, all right. Do we want to keep regional, or do we want to narrow it down more, Ronnie? Uh, is it a turbocharged car? Does it have a turbo? Yes. Oh, all right. There we go. Narrowing it down, folks. Is uh, it a Japanese car? Japanese, yes. Back to broad. Japanese, yes. All right. Nihongo. Nihonjin. Anyway. Nihonjin? It's him. That's Japanese people. That's fair. Yes, indeed. Nihongo is language, eh? Correct. Uh, uh, is, it so... a, is it a six-cylinder? Six cylinder, no. Hmm. Moshiroi na. <laughs> uh, English, please. Interesting. <laughs> Thanks. I'm looking out for the yeah, fans, Lenny. For those listening, and I apologize in advance, I lived in Japan for nine and a half years, so sometimes Je- Japanese off. just bleeds. Bleeds into and I'm my sure natural. We, we have quite speak. a few weebs that are going to listen to us, anyways. So I live there for. Th- I only live there for three, and it still bleeds into my normal speech. Hi. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> right. Uh, and I took uh, Japanese in high school. So uh, yay. Question seven. It's question seven. It's all you, Ryan. Shoot. You know what? Is this a Honda? Honda. No. Not a Honda. I, I have no chance of guessing this, Lenny. He already set me up for failure. John set me up for failure here. But you can ask questions to help Lenny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not six. It's not a six-cylinder. It's turbo. It's not a Honda. 
six. Is it a Mitsubishi? Mitsu, no. It's not a Mitsubishi. Not a Lancer. Okay. Yeah. Or you know other turbocharged variants. Wait, is there? There are plenty. There are plenty of other brands that use turbocharged. (laughs) Again, folks, folks, I am the I am the resident noob here and the knowing of car knowledge. I'm with you fans. Uh, Blinded. Well, I mean, what what I wanted to say is that there's plenty of Mitsubishi turbocharged cars that are not Lancer. Interesting. Um. I have no chance of guessing it, Lenny. You have a ballpark. No. Is it a Nissan? Is it a Nissan? Hi. Ah, so it's a okay. Nissan. It's turbocharged. Is it a four cylinder? Four cylinder. Yes. Four cylinder. That's 10 questions there. That's yep. 10. Number 11. So, now so we, it's now, a four-cylinder. So it's a many, Nissan. How many four-cylinder Nissan turbocharged vehicles are there, Lenny? Uh, so there's a Silvia. There's the GTI-R, the Pulsar GTI-R, which now that I say it, I think uh, that is the car. I'm just calling that out right now, like Bezos okay. is calling it. Calling it. Uh, because that kind of fits the bill immediately. Yeah. Uh, it's it's like a baby GTR, if, if those who don't know. Do a quick Google search as as we narrow it down here, but uh, yeah, I don't know. That was uh, Is that okay? So that's the two. All right. So yeah, how can so we have, ten? What, what do we got? Question wise, are going to separate? But I mean, that's uh, there's still. Are they so both many front others. engines? Are they both front engines? Mid engines? Yeah, engines? they're both front engines. Uh, John, is it rear wheel drive? Rear wheel drive? No. All right, it's not rear wheel drive, so that eliminates the Sylvia. So we have to think of uh, turbocharged Nissans. Do, do we say it was a four four cylinder? Yes, four cylinder turbo. It is turbo. four. Four cylinder turbo, front wheel drive or all wheel drive or four wheel drive, whichever you would prefer. Yeah, but then I mean, all wheel drive, like. But I mean, uh, I mean, uh, front, front wheel Nissan- drive. Did Nissan really like specialize in all-wheel drive? So it passed a certain point, with especially with the GTR being all-wheel drive. Uh, yeah, they had their four-wheel drive systems. I guess by time period, but I don't really know any front-wheel drive, four-cylinder turbocharged cars that Nissan and, made. Really, and John called out generations, so there's got to be multiple generations, which means multiple decades, essentially. Uh, and they only really made one generation of the Pulsar GTIR. Okay. So that kind of negates it. Well, Shit. well. So how can we narrow? What's a way to ask a Pulsar GTR question without directly asking if it's a Pulsar GTR? What's a signifying concept on that car? John, is it an all? Is this all-wheel drive uh, car? All-wheel drive, yes. Okay. All-wheel drive, yes. Lenny, you got uh, you got closer ballpark here. What do we got? Uh, was this car built in the 90s? It was. Let me. Oh, oh, here we go. Speculation. Let me double, triple check here. Was make with the sure, Just to make sure I'm not saying anything stupid. Uh, yes. Yes. It was definitely a 90s car. Okay. Definitely a 90s car. 
Number 14 question. Definitely Nani's car. Uh, did it have a hatchback? Ooh. Was it a hatchback? Yes. Ooh. Ooh. Hatchback. Let's go. Those are the best cars. So, yeah, I, I definitely think it's a Pulsar GTIR, but like, uh, is there anything else that we can narrow down here? We're just gonna, we're just gonna shoot so for the stars the, in the 90s, all wheel drive, four cylinder, turbocharged, hatchback, Nissans. <laughs> I don't know, that, that's pretty specific. Um, yeah, I mean, like, so. <laughs> Uh, I'm thinking of like what other qualities did the Pulsar GTR have? I mean, I don't. I know. mean, I feel like there's a lot of types types of questions that you guys haven't considered, right? Oh like, yeah, like what? What do you got, John? Like oh for gosh. instance, like for instance, like the engine, if it had any distinct styling features, if it was built for a specific purpose, Ugh, like inline or like off road. I mean, like. Yeah, it's just yes or no questions. Yep. What are we gonna? Are we talking like well, rally? I mean, that's not a yes or no question, Ryan. Well, I mean, like, was this car built for rally? Is that a question? Yeah, let's go for it. Shoot it. Yes. All right, rally car, Nissan. So we know it's a rally car. By Nissan in the nineties. This is in Jeopardy, man. This is this twenty questions. It's actually nineteen questions and then a guess, which is still mind-boggling to me. It should be twenty questions and then a guess, but that's not how you play twenty questions. I we still need to get. Lenny, where are you at, Boo? JDM Master over here. Uh, I I don't know. I'm I'm kind of. I kind of hit a brick wall. I don't, I don't know. Okay, okay. I need, I need okay. some help here, Ryan, for the for okay. Stretch. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you out here. So w- w- when did the Pulsar originally get built? Do you know? Uh, shit. <laughs> so no. I want to say right. 92, 94. Okay. It's it's just coming into compliance now, so it's either. It's a ninety six. Ninety six. It it's not. It's either ninety four or ninety six. It's either ninety four or ninety six. Is is the okay? So we got that. How many hatchbacks does Nissan have? Uh, in that time, I don't don't know, three maybe, but none of them were all wheel drive, four cylinder, turbocharged vehicles. Okay. And we don't have to just we don't have to guess generation, but we're missing something. We know it's a rally car. Could the Pulsar do rally? Is that like a legitimate? Like, could yeah, the Pulsar? Absolutely. Okay. Did it rally? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't. I'm. I'm not too keen on the history of the Pulsar, to be honest. <laughs> okay, hold on. I got a question for John. Yo. Is the name of this vehicle based on a star? A star. Yeah. Are you sure that's how you want to? Well, uh, uh, no, you're right. Is the name of this vehicle? Yes. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Very nice. Okay. <laughs> I think it's safe to say we could shoot for this here. You want to shoot for the stars, bud? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I did it last week. You, you got it. Okay. 
what do I just why well, have to? It's a Nissan Pulsar GTIR, I think. Okay, what GTR? What do I need? GTIR. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's do like I need the, add that bit? Is that John? Are you going to criticize me if I if I name this wrong? I mean, he literally just parroted you what to say. Okay, this is a Nissan GTI. Oh God, we um, GTIR. Is that right, Lenny? Nissan Pulsar GTIR. Okay. John, is this a Nissan Pulsar GTIR? In 17 questions, gents, that is correct. It is. Nailed it. The Nissan Pulsar GTIR, built by Nissan for homologation rules to enter the WRC championship under Group A, also known as the Baby GTR. Uh, It featured an SR20 DET engine, made about 230 horsepower with an all-wheel drive system using the same Atessa controller as the uh, the Skyline did. Um, one of my favorite cars of all time. Uh, standing quarter mile in 13 and a half seconds, which in the early 90s for a hatchback was absolutely blazing. Uh, very cool. Very fast car. Very uh, cool car. And wow. it's a hot... It's a hatchback, so it is one of I have to love it now. I it is at, I, one I of the hottest of hatches. We're out of we're out of the question, so I can uh, Wikipedia this, and I looked it up, and uh, I'm looking at the Nissan Pulsar 2014, and I'm like, yep, I love hatchbacks. Uh, it's just the name of the game. It I, is I, built I, off of an Econo uh, shit box, and they yeah, turned it into I a fire breathing monster, which uh, are some of my favorite cars that come. That's from the best cars. Humble beginnings. Top. Exactly. And like, it might be the fact that I drove a Hyundai Accent manual uh, hatchback for many years, but I just, I have a very much preference for these hatchbacks. They're something for me. So guys, that has been an episode of Zero Lift. We crushed John by guessing a star-based vehicle. (laughs) Uh, We talked about... (laughs) Yeah, we did. We talked about our top three favorite cars and the variety of hypercars to cars that actually we might possibly own in our lifetime. And why NOS makes us all family. So, <laughs> I hate you. I hate you so much. Besides the fact that John hates me, uh, any guys funny closing thoughts here on Zero Lift? Don't say Nas. That makes you sound like an idiot. All right. So uh, nitrous oxide. <laughs> N2O, baby. Zero Lift. Yeah. And uh, Lenny is Mr. Zero Lift. That sounds about good. Uh we uh, hope hope you appreciate this episode. Uh, give us a like on whatever platform you are subscribing to. Uh, check out Lenny's Instagram. I don't think John and I are cool enough to have an Instagram yet, but uh, yeah, Lenny D Day. Lenny D Day. He probably will find cool vehicles in California. I unfortunately don't have a lot in Nebraska. John might find some cool vehicles out in DC. But, I, got, uh, I got a few. We'll uh, we'll see what comes uh, going forward in these future episodes. So thanks again, folks. Lenny. Peace. John? Deuces, baby. Catch you next time. See ya.